Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Welcome to the Debbie Delight, brought to you by ExpandTheBoxCore.com, with your hosts Ricky Valero and Chris Stoops, bringing you all the guys who should be on your fantasy radar this season and leading into your upcoming rookie draft. Welcome everybody to another edition of, of the Debbie Delight. I'm your host Ricky Valero. I am joined by my partner in crime, Chris Stoops. How are you, buddy? I'm doing fantastic. How you doing? Not too bad, not too bad. Before we dive into the Pac-12 today, we're going to dive into some news out in the world. Um, first, we're going to talk about Alabama five-star recruit Trey Sanders. He's going to miss the entire season with a foot injury. Stoops, what were your thoughts on that, man? You know, it's I, I've, I've been on record. Um, I've never been a huge Alabama running back fan. They just seem to do amazing in college. When they get to the pros, they kind of just fizzle out. It seems a couple of them have, you know, gone off and, and, and been fantastic. But to see an injury to such a young player, a five-star recruit, like this guy, he was he was doing some some reps in practice with, you know, like the third string guys. He hadn't won that job necessarily. But this dude had all the talent in the world. So to hear that he's going to miss the entire season, it's just devastating, honestly. Like we don't even get to see him on the next level because in high school, I mean, you know, when you're that talented, you dominate, you're going to dominate everyone. So to see him in the SEC at Alabama, I was pumped to see him on the field. And it's to just hear it, it's it's devastating. Yeah, the biggest thing for me is is obviously they have so much talent within that within that uh, system that he can kind of get forgotten upon, you know what I mean, in the next, you know, 12 months while they're, you know, playing weekly, you know what I'm saying? That's the kind of the scary thing about when you're this five-star massive recruit and you're coming in and it's like, man, you got hurt, you're out for a year, they kind of forget about you, you know what I mean? They do, exactly. And it's one of those things, too, where I've said it on, you know, I said it last week, um, and I've said it, you know, months prior, too, but you go and look through these rankings, and I'm not saying this will happen to him, but you look at these rankings and you're like, who's that guy that was ranked number four in his class? Like, I don't remember him. So I hope that doesn't happen to him, but you're right. Like, especially being at Alabama, you can, you get hurt and it, it's next man up. Like that's, that's how it is at those big power, those big power uh, schools. So. Yeah, I agree a hundred percent. The other thing I want to ask you about, it's, it's, it's obviously super massively controversy is I wanted to hear your thoughts about Dabo saying, um, Kelly Bryant not getting the ring. What do you think about that? You know, it's funny you asked that, actually, because I did talk about that at work with a couple other guys. Um, I kind of understand his reasoning behind it because it is one of those things where, like, if you're not on the team now, like, you shouldn't get one. But at the same time, and I get it, graduation is totally different than transferring but I would have to think, let's say that he was a senior and he graduated, like he'd get a ring again, totally different. I understand that, but he was on the team. He helped you get there. He, he was a part of that championship, you know, was Trevor Lawrence, you know, much more of a part of it, obviously, but I, I think he should get a ring. I believe he should. 
Um, again, you know, who am I? I'm, I'm I, I sit, <laughs> sit at home here in San Antonio, so who am I to really, you know, try to force that upon upon them? But he was a part of that championship run in in whatever fashion that might be. Yeah, he transferred out, but I think he should get a ring. That's that's my personal opinion on it. Yeah, I think so too because I mean, obviously, he played in four games. You know, he started the first four games of the season, so it wasn't like he was just the backup quarterback the entire year. Like, I mean, Lawrence came in there and, and eventually took over the job there, week five and moving forward. But he really did contribute to this team and and what mm-hmm. was ultimately the national championship team because we don't know what Lawrence would have looked like in those first four games. We know Lawrence is Lawrence. You know what I mean? But. You know, I 100% uh, agree with you here, and I, I totally think that he should have gotten the ring as well. Well, and it's also one of those things where, like, even even if you go before last season, so, you know, before Lawrence even got there, he was a huge part in being so successful, which got these recruits in, which got all of these guys in. So I understand it's a different season, it's a different year, but that still somewhat plays a factor because, of course, these these top recruits in the nation, they want to go to those top schools. They want to go to an Alabama, a Clemson, a Georgia, et cetera. So different season, but he still played a factor in that sense to get these guys that now are there to win that championship. So it, it's just it, it's it sucks to hear that he's not going to get one. But again, you know. When, when you run the program, you get to make the rules. <laughs> exactly. I guess I never heard anybody put it out like that. You're, you're right, because, I mean, would a Lawrence have committed to Clemson had they not won a national championship, you know, that two years ago? You know what I mean? Right. Like, w- would they, you know, would they be getting all these, you know, five-star recruits? That's a that's a massive question that I really haven't seen anybody, po- you know, pose to anybody. So that's that's pretty intriguing to me. Uh, okay, Stoops, I, 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 I texted you in the week and said that weekly I wanted you to, I don't know what we're going to call it right, you know, right now, and I don't really have anything planned for it, but I, I want you to, to dabble us with some uh, knowledge about some recruits. What do you got for us this week? So the one thing I had, this was kind of more of just like a, a little interesting tidbit that I came across because as I said before love looking at the rankings and you know I get where these these players were ranked when they came out of high school their their levels you know where they're a four star five star etc well the big one that I came across everyone loves him receiver out of Purdue Rondell Moore everyone loves him it was very interesting to find out that he was only the 41st ranked wide receiver in his class wow he is now, yeah, he is now in some people's rankings, arguably the number one receiver, Devi receiver. Most places I've seen him too behind Jerry Judy, but to, to be the number 41 in your recruiting class and then to come in and jump yourself up to the top level of the receiving class, you know, that's going to be that's, eventually coming out. Yeah, that's massive. That's insane to me. And he, he, had, he had 35 total offers, so definitely was no slouch in high school. He was a top recruit, but... That just kind of shows you how deep, you know, that that class was, um, I'd have to think. And then, I mean, he had Texas, Alabama, Georgia, Michigan State, Ohio State, Penn State, amongst many, many, many others. But, you know, being 5'9", 175, you know, people don't really expect a whole lot. But, man, he has shown up and in a big, big way. So my thing this week is just, again, when you're in Debbie, look at the deep guys. 
did you expect him to become what he did? No, not necessarily, but take that chance on some guys, watch some film, you know, get these, get these names. He was number one in the state in, in, in his state that he came out of. I think it was Kentucky. If I remember correctly, I meant to write it down and I forgot, but he was number one in his state. So he was recognized. People knew who he was, but yeah, on the grand scheme of things though, I mean, it's one of those guys that we talk about that we're trying to help you find out there. And uh, later on, it's kind of funny that you mentioned him because later on we talk about another guy who, also wasn't uh, super high on the radar, and uh, we'll kind of dive into him a little bit later. But uh, folks, with all that being said, we're going to dive right into the Pac-12 now. All right, folks, we're going to dive right into the Pac-12, and Stoops, I will let you kick it off, buddy. So my first guy that I'm going to talk about is uh, Jamar Jefferson, running back out of Oregon State. He is 2021 eligible, so um, got another couple years here in college, which is actually exciting because he is very, very fun to watch. Um, he was a three-star prospect out of high school. Another one that was ranked very low. He was 41st um, ranked running back in his class and 78th in his state. So he was not ranked very, very high. He had a lot of offers coming out, but he ultimately went to Oregon State. Um, absolutely dominated his freshman year there. Um, there almost 1,400 rushing yards. He had 5.8 yards per carry, 12 rushing touchdowns. Had a good amount of receptions, too, 25, um, 147 receiving yards. He did not get any receiving touchdowns, but, you know, he's definitely used more on the ground. He's definitely more of a runner. That's what they use him for. He's got great acceleration, quick lateral movements. The best thing that I saw, and sometimes this can, can come back to bite you, he's not afraid of contact. Um, it just seemed when I was watching some film on him, he was out there running. He'd be in the open field and then, you know, a safety be coming over. He didn't shy away. He didn't run out of bounds. He went to hit him. And most of the time he uh, won that battle. So um, he is 211 pounds. So got a decent amount of weight. He's 5'10". So got some, some, some force behind him. Um, biggest thing that I noticed and I absolutely loved, he gets the ball all over the field, um, whether it be, you know, between the the his 20 yard line the 20 to 1 to 40 yard line which are some stats you definitely see on expandtheboxscore.com so definitely check those out but um he gets the ball all over the field a lot of guys you know they're just red zone targets or they're just players to get them you know their backs against the end zone they use them to get them out of that 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 situation they use them everywhere and that's just awesome you know obviously for fantasy purposes especially if you do college fantasy he's definitely a guy that you don't have to worry about well they're on, they're in the midfield he's not going to get the ball no he gets it everywhere um and i was actually curious where he compared to the other top guys like a jonathan taylor travis Etienne, jk dobbins etc so basically once they're inside the opponent's 40 yard line 40.5 percent of his touches came right there he had a career 264 touches um basically uh, across the whole field that was higher than every single other person jonathan taylor was 28.8 percent out of his touches were in the opponent's 40 yard line so jamar jefferson is used a lot basically to get them closer to the red zone um especially into the end zone he had some good rushing touchdowns but this guy he's he's unreal he's, he's got some talent for sure yeah, he is a monster. Like, I was looking at that, too. I mean, you know, we talked about the college database on Expand the Box Score, but it's unbelievable because you're right. There's a lot of guys that can uh, – they use to, you know, milk, to, you know, to drive down the football field. And when they get inside, you know, certain – inside between the 40s and between – you know, they start throwing the mm -hmm. ball. But this guy's got a lot of touches in that meeting, you know. 
in between the 20 the 20 and the 40 i mean that's that 23% that's a lot of touches on the opposing side of the football you know what i mean and this guy can right. take it to the house you know what i mean he's got he's got some he's got the ability to burn you know what i mean and i i like that uh the one big thing that i like that you said about him is true is he you know he he isn't afraid to hit somebody you know what i mean he's a small guy but um i'm a, i'm a big fan i i i uh, i watch some t- i watch a little bit of film on him as well and I was pretty excited to, of what I watched, but I, I think the one thing that I do enjoy is I think that he's got some room for improvement. And year one just blew you out of the water. And that's what I'm most excited about. Because, again, we've said it before. There's those certain recruits that come in year one and they just take off. Like, it's like they never missed a beat from what they did in high school to college. Yep. And it seems like that's exactly what he did. He just jumped in, went for it, and just took over the job and just didn't look back. And I am very excited to see what he can do this year and even next year. Yeah, I mean, a third, almost a third of his touches were for first downs. You know, 61 first downs last year. It's unbelievable. And I mean, two hundred thirty, you know, two hundred thirty-nine plus. Let's say, you know, the twenty-five catches, so well over, you know, two hundred and sixty touches and only two fumbles. That's that's another key stat that I like to see as well, especially for running backs anymore. I completely agree. All right, the first guy for me is going to be KJ Costello. I tell you what, um, it, he's listed at either six three or six four. I think it's depending on the website we look to. Obviously, six four at a quarterback position is going to be a little bit more favoring than obviously than six three would be, but I've got him right. And actually, the funny thing about that is on Sports Reference, he's listed at six five two fifteen. Oh jeez. So, so I I don't know where I'm on, on what spectrum we're we're going to go off of, but it doesn't matter. He's got the perfect size for a quarterback. I've got some faults and I've got some things that I think that I need to see him improve upon this year, but he's very very your pro style quarterback. Um, he's heading into his junior season this year. Um, he's obviously second team all conference. And the reason he's second team, um, all conference is going to be a guy that we're talking about a little bit later. He makes some grown man throws. That's, that's one thing I I cannot express enough that I love to use that term, uh, Stoops, but I do. He makes the grown man throws. He's willing to take a hit in the pocket just to, you know, throw the ball down the sidelines. I watched his game against Oregon and in that game, they came back on two different occasions to win that game. And he made some big-time throws that I was thoroughly impressed because I watched his good and his bad on that film. And, and, and the bad here is he can be a little bit errant on his throws. He doesn't have a lot of ability to move in the pocket. He, he's kind of hampered. He's, not your, he's a prototypical pro-style quarterback in the pocket. Um, he's got some side-to-side ability, but it's kind of... It's kind of scary to watch sometimes. He's very, I'll, I'll be honest with you, he's very frustrating to watch. Because at the same time I'm watching this Oregon game, I flipped on. I watched the complete, um, his complete highlights. I mean, just his complete game footage against Notre Dame. And it was rough. Like, he had a rough game. And it was kind of, you know, that part of it was kind of scary. I mean, in that game against Notre Dame. And that, no, don't, don't be wrong. Notre Dame had one of the best defenses in, in football, you know, in college football last year, but he's 15 to 27, a buck 74, and a touchdown and a pick. And he, there were several occasions where I was just like, this is, do I really, do I really want to push this guy? But I, he struggles against big defenses. He was awful, dreadful in the bold game against Pittsburgh. I would love to see, and, and that's why I want to, I want to kind of pick on him a little bit because I feel like if he can improve upon these things, 
the Oregon State game, he, he throws, you know, four touchdowns. UCLA game, he throws five touchdowns. Washington State, four touchdowns. You know what I mean? Oregon, three touchdowns, no picks. If he can improve upon, that's the kind of quarterback we can see consistently. So I see flashes of a potential very good quarterback. And, of course, he's still young. So we're going to see some of these things that aren't so great. But I do think that he is very calm under the blitz. And that's one of the other things that I liked about him is I saw some big-time blitzes coming his way, and he was making some really good throws. I think that, um, like I said, the comeback against the Ducks was very impressive. He has raw potential. And sometimes when you have raw potential, it's not it doesn't always translate to the best potential right out the gate. So I think over some time, he's going to show some of his capability to, capabilities to us. He was sixth in uh, college football last year in QBR as well. So I'm pretty excited to see if he picks up where he left off last year, depending on which version of Costello we've seen. I think depending on which version we see, it's going to be depending on where he is also drafted next year, obviously. But he's got the ability to make the plays, but he's also got the ability to kind of be literally infuriating to watch on film. Yeah, I completely agree. And the, the the thing you said that I like the most is how he's not afraid to make those grown man throws. Like, to me, you can work on a lot of things in practice. That seems to be one of those where you either will make those passes or you're afraid to make those passes. And I feel like that's not something you can teach because, again, you either love it or you hate it. And the fact that he is willing to do it and just does it essentially at will – to me, that's huge. Like he's willing to make those throws. He'll throw it where he needs to, who he needs to throw it to. Um, so to hear all of that, that's just music to my ears. Yep, big time. Agree. All right, Stoops, you're next up, buddy. Who you got? My next guy is receiver, wide receiver from USC, Amon Ross St. Brown. One thing that I actually found pretty funny, and I, it was a, an interview that I actually had heard about through um, through Twitter or, or somewhere else. I think it was on HBO. I don't remember the name of the show. But anyway, basically, Equinemius St. Brown, Osiris St. Brown, and Amon Ross St. Brown were all on there. It was basically about them. And, of course, the the interviewer asked them, well, who's the best Who's the best receiver? Y'all all play the same position. Who's the best one? And, of course, they all say, I'm the best. I'm the best. And then as everyone else, you know, Equinemius and Osiris kind of just sit there. Amon Ross steps, he doesn't step up, he's still sitting, but he basically, he just looks at him dead straight in the face, no smile, nothing. He goes, no, you're looking at him, I'm the best one. And the other two just kind of sat there and just let him talk. So to have that kind of confidence, again, he was a true freshman last year. Um, and I actually went back and looked at Equinemius and Osiris, kind of their their first years on campus. Amon Ross blew them out of the water. Like he, he just had the stats that they weren't even close to um he's 511 and a half 191 so again smaller stature nothing crazy but he was a five-star prospect number 11 in his class number two receiver overall and number one in the state of california um yeah and that's that's not a that's not a uh, slouch of a, a state to um to play some high school football <laughs> texas is better but you know that's okay we won't go there um <laughs> no but seriously i mean you've got the states out there that just Top to bottom, you know, it's it's loaded with talent. California is one of those states. So and he's he's there to show that. So um 
some huge numbers out of him. He's another one. He gets the ball all over the field, but he gets it more so basically um, between the tw- basically the twenties. You know, he kind of gets it right there in that middle of the field range. That's where they use him a lot. Get some good yardage out of him. You know, he's real good about. He's got strong hands. Um, very strong hands. Catches the ball. He's good basically after the catch. And that's always a big thing for me is with the receiver. You've got those guys that you can throw it up to them. They're going to win that you know 50-50 ball and they're going to come down with it and get you good yardage. He can do it both. He can go up, catch that 50-50 ball. He can make people miss once he catches it, just gain some more yards after the catch. That's huge to me. Um, I'm not going to go too in-depth about him, but his quarterback play, um, not his quarterback, but his quarterback's play, JT Daniels, I think that's going to be a big factor in, in his his um, continuing to, to get better and better year to year. They actually played high school ball together, so um, – that already speaks volumes for it. So I think they've just got more, more, more to get better at, you know, and just continue to, to progress in their game. So I'm very, very excited to see what he can do on the field. He only had three touchdowns last year. So I definitely want to see that improve. Um, Michael Pittman, um, another receiver there. He had, he had a decent amount of touchdowns. He took a lot of those. So um, very interested to see what happens, but I did a run a poll on Twitter. I, you might've seen it. I'm sure a lot of I people did. out there saw I it too. It. I was, I asked who, who, who do y'all think the best St. Brown brother is? And it ended as I expected. Everyone said I'm on, not everyone, but most of the poll. And I meant to get the numbers and I completely forgot. So I dropped the ball there, but that's okay. I do know that I'm on Roger. Um, he, he finished number one. I think he had like 53% of the votes and Osiris had, I think like eight. So he definitely was not in there at all, but people love him. He is definitely someone to keep an eye on. Um, definitely, definitely a good talent. Yeah, I totally agree. I I think the one thing that you kind of touched on the for me the most with him is he's got a lot of uh, he's got a lot of potential. I mean, that was just year one, kind of scratching the surface. Year one, that's pretty pretty impressive stats for him for year one. I didn't know about him playing college football with uh with um the quarterback. I I, I had no JC Daniels. Yeah. yeah, I had no clue that that's what they uh, that they played in high school together. So that's. That's chemistry already put together, and I think the other thing that I like is obviously it's a uh, USC normally runs a pro style offense. Yep. You know what I mean. So he's already ready. And I pulled up the poll right quick. Sorry, uh, Saint uh, Amon got fifty one percent of the votes. Yep. So that's that's <laughs> that's a pretty that's a pretty high number. Of, uh, and um, I can't even. I'm not even going to try to say his name. I butcher names on this podcast. It's my favorite thing to do. So <laughs> EQ when, Saint I, Brown. Yeah, he, a lot of people called him EQ. A lot of people do say that. Yeah, EQ is uh, definitely in. Uh, he got second place with 36. percent But I. That's one thing USC. They 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 run that pro style offense already. So you you can adapt very easily out the gate. So year mm-hmm. one very impressive. It, it's the second consecutive guy that you've talked about that has raw potential that came in right out the you know right out the gate and just was thoroughly impressive. One game that obviously stuck out the most to me was the the big game against uh, Notre Dame. Ten catches, ninety four yards. Big game against a good team. Texas, he had nine for 167. So he had two pretty big games against two big schools. So I was thoroughly impressed with him, and, and I'm a big fan, and I can't wait to see what this guy does. And I'm pretty excited that we, to me personally, you obviously could have went the easy route and talked about Pittman. I mean, Pittman's one of the you know big guys, but I was pretty excited whenever you are going to talk about St. Brown because I don't know a whole lot about St. Brown, so hearing you talk about him, it's pretty exciting to kind of dive into him and hear a little bit more about this guy and see what he's going to do for the upcoming season because he's 
you know, he's two years removed a, a well before being available. So if some of these people can jump on board now with St. Brown before, you know, the hype gets really real, you know what I mean? It's, it, mm-hmm. it'll be smart. Well, and the other thing is basically, again, I, I'm, I'm, as I've said probably more times and I'll continue to say it, basically seeing where other players in that class were ranked. He's in the same class as Justin Shorter, receiver out of Penn State, Jalen Waddle, Justin Ross, who we talked about last week, Brennan Eagles, and then Rondell Moore. They're all in the same class, and he was ranked above all of them except for Justin Shorter. Justin Shorter was number one, but to have names like that, you're in – Again, we are still seeing them blossom, but you're in good company with those types of names. So he's definitely, definitely got to keep an eye on. For sure. The next guy we're going to talk about in the Pac-12 here is Colby Parkinson. He is a 6'7", 200, and between 230, 240 pound tight end for Stanford. Um, as obviously I was watching Costello's film, I stumbled upon a lot of Parkinson's uh Stats. Sorry, that was a really loud thunder outside. Um, this guy's unreal. Six seven, two. Even if it's two thirty, two forty, like you know, Stoops and I were kind of talking off air about it's kind of a big deal of the size and stuff like that. This guy was the number one ranked tight end um, coming out, and he's fantastic. He just has this raw ability that I just, oh my god, I'm so excited to watch him play this year because. White side is gone. That's that's 93 target. This guy in one game, Stoops, this was one game against Oregon State, okay? He had six catches, 166 yards, and four touchdowns. Four touchdowns. That's unreal. That's unreal. He was – I'm telling you, I was watching it, and on one of the touchdowns, I think it was like a 70-some-yard touchdown, and he's moseying down the field. It was the greatest thing I think I've ever witnessed just because it's a big boy. You know, he's a bigger guy. You know, he's a big guy touchdown. You know what I mean? Flying down the flying down the sideline, scoring the touchdown. But this guy is huge. He's a massive red zone target. And I love the fact that I, I wanted to bring up the tight end position, period, because obviously in fantasy football as a collective whole, the tight end position has really dwindled down over the last couple of years. So really what you're trying to do is find touchdowns. And I'm telling you right now, whatever team this guy ends up on, 6-7 in the red zone, he's going to get these targets. So last year, he had 41, uh, sorry, he had 40, yeah, 41 targets last year. I'm sorry, 51 targets last year, sorry. 10 of them ended up in the red zone. He caught six of them for four red zone touchdowns. That's that's fantastic, you know what I mean? I love, 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 love those numbers already out the gate. And obviously, He's got room for improvement as well. He's a big guy. He can block. I do love that about him as well. He can block, which is obviously key. He has some room for improvement on the blocking side of things, but I think that he's going to be more of a raw talent when it comes to pass catching and stuff like that. So I'm not too concerned with that. I think it could be, you know, depending on where his flexibility of the position is going to be. But I, I do think he should continue to produce on the strong side of the, you know, of the high quality tight ends because Stanford, Stanford's got a history of tight ends. You know what I mean? They really do. And I, I love watching Parkinson's play. I think that his stats represent a lot of what he did. He's not super consistent. And and I sometimes, I really kind of blame that also on Costello because as Costello is up, Parkinson is up. And as Costello is down, Parkinson is down. You know what I mean? So it's, it's kind of, they kind of go hand in hand in my opinion. But 29 catches, 485 yards, and seven touchdowns is not too bad for a tight end. Like I said, he can disappear, but I think that we're also talking about college. In the NFL, tight ends in the red zone are are premium. So what are your thoughts there, Stoops, on Parkinson? 
You, you, you exactly. I was, well, I was about to say it, but you'd already said it in college. Tight ends aren't used nearly as much. Yes. I mean, you look at certain offenses and I don't, I'm not doing this to bring up A&M, but you look at Jay Sternberger, like they used the tight end, like they used him a lot. So it seems to be the same type of thing here where he may not have the yardage, but those touchdowns, like they use the tight end and Stanford's always been known for that. Like they have used their tight end. So a lot of college programs don't, but whatever they do in college, get them that experience when they go to the next level. It seems to be a very smooth transition. And the biggest thing, especially being such a big red zone target, with J.J. Arcega-Whiteside basically now gone, that's 14 touchdowns that are available. That's 93 targets. That's huge. That's a lot of production that's going to be open and available for him. So definitely going to be excited to see what he can do, especially, like you said, being 6'7". That's a a monster. He's huge. You throw the ball up, and he's going to come down with it more times than not. So definitely excited to see. And like you said, KJ's play is going to definitely you know, play a huge factor in what he does. Whenever he's up, obviously Parkinson's going to be up as well. So definitely want to see a good year out of both of them and excited to see what happens. Yeah, he's uh, obviously the big thing for me, obviously, he does have great hands. He can catch the ball in traffic, which also is key in, his, in, in the tight end position because a lot of times you're going to get a lot of contact in that position coming out of your route and stuff like that. So... I was nice. It was nice to see him catch some balls in traffic. Another thing is, is obviously he's a he's a massive mismatch. You know what I mean? If you can spread out wide, get some receivers out there. Even if you flank him out, it's going to be amazing to see what he can do one on one versus a, a a linebacker. You know what I mean? But even one on one against you know not all your you know not all cornerbacks are you know six foot three or four. You know what I mean? You've got some smaller guys. I would love to see them kind of expose the mismatch with him on the football field week to week because I feel like that's something they could target weekly on opposing defenses. I completely agree. Who do you got for us next, Soups? Next guy I got here is quarterback out of Oregon, Justin Herbert. Who? Many were Who? Justin no. Herbert. Is, yeah. I've never heard of him. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> never heard of him, yeah. No, many projected him and, and thought he was going to come out this his last year based after the junior season. A lot of people thought he was going to come out. Well, he decided to go back to school. He says he loves the program, which he should, I'm sure he does, loves the program. You know, it's his family. He just wants to come back and continue to get better and better. A lot of other people say, well, your brother just committed there, so you want to go play with your brother. And I think in an, in an interview somewhere, I think he actually came out and said he would love to play with his brother. So I'm sure it played a factor, but you know, there's probably other reasons. The one downside to him is his completion percentage. It actually was the his his worst um, his junior season was his worst completion percentage at 59.4. So he does some ha- have some accuracy issues. Love to see him improve on that. But albeit aside from that. It was his best season that he's had basically while being at Oregon. He had 29 touchdowns, eight interceptions. He can run the ball. He is a pro-style quarterback, but he can run the ball. It's not his first instinct to do so, but he had 71 rushing attempts, um, 160 yards, so nothing too, too crazy, and uh, two rushing touchdowns. So, again, you know, if you have a quarterback that can get outside the pocket, even run up the middle when that hole opens up in the line and get some yardage, that's a that's a huge a huge piece to have in, in your quarterback through for over 3,100 yards. Um, and one thing I did notice because his, his sophomore year and freshman season, he was uh, essentially an averaged out of about 65% completion percentage. So nothing too terrible. Um, but he had about 200 less pass attempts. 
So as much as I love him, I love the potential he has. He can be a, a truly special quarterback on the next level. But my concern is if he goes into an offense, which most NFL offenses do throw pretty heavily aside from a couple out there, with him having a lot of pass attempts, is that going to play a factor in his accuracy? Will he turn into an Eli Manning where he can throw the ball 500 times, but he throws 21 interceptions? You know, that's my concern. But aside from that, I think he is fully capable of being the next guy. And I kind of wondered, you know, him waiting, was it like, well, I think this, you know, this most recent quarterback class is, is too hyped. Looking back on it, this 2020 QB class, it has way bigger names in it, way more people. I mean, you've got Tua, who people just have loved. They fell in love with Tua Tagovailoa. Ah, now I'm butchering names. <laughs> but um, you got Jake Fromm as well. you got Jacob Eason, who basically is a transfer from Georgia, um, went to Washington. And you've got KJ Costello as well. So you've got some good names coming out in that class. It's going to be very interesting to see um, what happens in the draft for him, how he performs this year. If he has an absolute stellar year, I think he's the QB one overall. I think he jumps to uh, in a lot of people's books. Um, but again, Tua is going to probably have a, a, a solid year like he's been having his whole career. So it's going to be very interesting. I definitely see them being the top two. But Justin Herbert's a guy to definitely watch on this year, see what he does. I've got him in a couple actually Debbie leagues. So I'm fingers crossed. I'm hoping he he gets drafted to the right team and maybe doesn't even play right away. That's cool. No big deal. But um, definitely, definitely keep an eye on what Oregon does this year. Yeah, for for sure. Like this one, he was very confusing not coming out because I think after Kyler mm-hmm. Murray, he was the best quarterback after him. I think that he would have been obviously taken way before Daniel Jones, but that's a different topic. Oh, our boy, you know, our boy Andy loves him some Daniel Jones, and I still don't understand why. I mean, he was rant and raving after his you know one football drive in preseason against the guys that'll be managing Best Buy next week. You know, exactly. he was super excited about, you know, how he looked in the preseason. Sorry, Andy. But um, <laughs> but I really think that he would have been the second quarterback off the board this year. And I, I don't – you did mention a lot of good guys. So if he does not approve upon some of these numbers, like, you know, the passing – you know, 60% passing. There's a lot of games where he had a couple of games under 40% completion ratio. Yep. Some of them, in the, you know, in the in lower 50s and stuff like that. If he does not approve upon these numbers – he could really be go move himself down to maybe the third or fourth ranked you know quarterback coming into this draft and really, I mean not just cost himself obviously millions of dollars which is what he will end up could potentially end up doing, but if he's not strong this year he could potentially you know have a huge impact on his for, you know his career moving forward. I agree and 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 I'm looking at his his game stats you know week to week. You look at what in Bowling Green. He was 47.6% uh, completion. He had five touchdowns, he had two ten, interceptions. Yeah, he had but, 10 completions, go, and five of them were touchdowns. I mean... Exactly. So as far as the TD to completion, like, that's awesome. But it's 47% completion. That's terrible. And then you go to someone, like, when they play Stanford, threw for 346 yards, one touchdown, one interception, 78% completion. So... He just seems to be very inconsistent, too, which right. is another thing you got to keep an eye on. So you play it, and, I, you know, no disrespect to Bowling Green, but they're not a top-notch defense in, in the country. You're, you expect those those first two, three games are generally your warm-up games. Again, yeah. no disrespect to those programs, but that's just how it goes whenever you're at a big program. Well, yeah, look at game three against San Jose State. 47%, 47% completion. 47%, three like, touchdowns, two picks. I mean, that's – yeah. 
You know, you're right, though. I, I kind of, you know, those cup... I like to call them cupcake games because that's one thing that kind of infuriates me sometimes about college football is these cupcake games. They really, really bother me a whole lot. I'm just going to throw that out mm-hmm. here. Sorry, college football fans. Don't th- send me any hate mail. But I hate seeing those games where, you know, teams win 165 to nothing. It's like I, it wasn't fun for anybody. But you're 100% right. That's that's really worrisome that you have a 47% completion ratio against you know, Bowling Green State and San Jose State, you know what I mean? Like what, what's kind of going through your head? I mean, I understand sometimes you mail it in because you are playing San Jose State. And then of course, on the flip side, you know, you play Stanford and you've got a 78.8% completion ratio. Like I would like to see, because it's the same thing I said about Costello. I would love to see some consistency out of him. I would love to see a string, him string together good performances throughout the season instead of hit and miss. I think the comparison you hit on the head was Eli because I feel like he can be Eli or he can be, you know, somebody else. You know what I mean? Um, and, and sorry, Eli fans, he's not that good. But he's, not. he's never been that good. And that's coming from me. I'm a Patriots fan. That still hurts. So let's not talk about that anymore. But <laughs> oh. <laughs> Eli, man, that's a, that's a cuss word in my house. But no, for real, though, I, I do. I like that comparison because he can be very Eli Manning-like. But at the same time, you can see him have some pro tools that will see him succeed. So he's very hit and miss, but I, I cannot. I love watching him play. He's very exciting to watch play. You know what I mean? And I do I can, think. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I, I love the way he moves in the pocket as well because you're right. He's not the prototypical pro style quarterback. He He's not afraid to make plays on his feet, which is a very good thing because that's a lot of what the quarterbacks are doing in the NFL today. Exactly. The next guy we're going to talk about is somebody that I've been really, 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 really excited about talking about, and that's why I kind of saved him for last, is uh, LaVisca Chenault Jr. Um, I have been practicing that name all week just to make sure I got it right because I was wanted to share my enthusiasm for talking about him, so I didn't want to get it wrong. Now, I wanted to be... I wanted to be just like Stoops this week, and I wanted to provide just a little bit of tidbit information and background. This guy was a three-star recruit and the 73rd ranked receiver. I believe I'm reading that right. That is absurd because right now he's in the top five of receivers, you know, you know, in the coming years for drafting. So, Stoops, I just want to throw it out there. I want you to be proud of me. I did a little more homework this week than I normally, you know. I just want to throw it out there. I'm just letting you know, buddy. I'm very, very proud. I'm, <laughs> I'm glad you you were able to look at that. So, I, I, just, I just love seeing that stuff. So, it became second nature for me. So, to, to see that I have pushed that upon you in one week, I am, I'm very happy. I won't lie. Like, it's my favorite thing to do is kind of look at some of these guys. And then when I talk about this guy, because you watch this guy on tape, it's exciting. He's just... I mean, he's six two, which I love already. You know, or six six one six two. I swear these guys are worse than like boxers. You know what I mean? Like, I will say this at the same time, too. I do say I'm like six one, but I think I'm really six foot. So I kind of get it, I guess. But um, so, so I'm gonna go. On, I'm gonna go on a tangent real quick. When I was in high school, I'm I'm five ten, maybe five nine. I'll go five nine. Doesn't matter. <laughs> we went to a playoff game, right? We made the playoffs my senior year. You know, what my coach listed me at six three. I said, coach. <laughs> when I walk into this gym, they're going to look at me and be like, he's not 6'3". Just tell him I'm 5'9". Like, who cares? <laughs> so anyway. Yeah, I I, I don't... I, 
that's the thing. Like, whenever these guys go to the Combine, like, they're going to know. They're going to put – you can't – you know, you're basically in your boxers. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like, so you're going to have to, you know – it's going to come out what size you really are. But six one six two, that's still pretty good size that I like to see out of my uh, – out of receivers, you know what I mean? You have a lot of guys, 5'10", 5'11". So that, that extra one or two inches is pretty solid for me. Last year, 86 catches, 1,011 yards, uh, six touchdowns. Obviously, we, we, we want to see a little bit more on the touchdown side of things. Um, 12% of his targets came of, uh, or 12% of his touches um, came after 21 yards. So that was pretty exciting to see. Um, he's fast, but he's also strong. So when he catches the ball, he's able to break tackles. Um, he's kind of like a running back when he was recruited. He played all sorts of positions in high school. Uh, he played running back. He played tail, you know, he played tailback. He played running back. He played a little bit of tight end. Played a little receiver. So he's 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 lined up all over the field, which also leads me to say he has five of his eleven touchdowns last year came on the ground as well. He had eleven total touchdowns. So they got him the ball in ways just to get him the ball, which is what you want in a receiver. I love 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 that about him. He can straight ball. Uh, he was Steve Montez's favorite target last year. Seven plus targets at every single game but one. Um, he only played nine games to amass that total of what I mentioned. The 86 catches, 10, uh, uh, 1,000 yards. He had 115 rushing yards and 11 total touchdowns. He's a great possession receiver. Half of his targets came on first down, so Montez was looking for him right out the gate, which I, another thing, first and 10, you're throwing the ball. To, you, you have trust in this guy because you're throwing him the ball early and often. I love that. I also love that they, they do run the screen game with this guy as well. They will throw the ball to him and let him make plays because 22% of his targets came within that zero to three, you know, that zero to five yard mark and they let him make plays. So I'm pretty excited. And his targets were pretty, pretty spread out all over, you know, every quarter and all over the field. He was more target in between those twenties, in between the forties, but you can't really complain about a hundred targets out of a receiver in college. I love watching this kid play. I think he's got raw ability. He's he's one of my favorite receivers. He's he's this is he's coming into I think his junior year this year if I'm correct. Oh, yeah. So he's able he would be junior year, right, Stoops? Yeah, junior year. So he would be if he comes out, he's going to be a top 5 receiver or top in my opinion top 2 or 3 probably with another season like this. He's a raw honest to God, like I said, if you can get him the ball, he's going to score a lot of the time. And 11 touchdowns just goes to prove that in, in only nine games. What do you think about him, Stoops? No, I completely agree. And, you know, I was looking at while you were talking, I was looking at some other stuff. The, the high school that, that he went to in here in Texas, DeSoto, that's a powerhouse school. So, I mean, to and it, it's a public school, so it's not like, you know, they're private and they can do special things like that's a powerhouse school. That's where Von Miller went to high school, and we all know how he is in the pros. So obviously different positions, different side of the ball. But nonetheless, where he played in high school, that competition's unreal. They won state, you know, you name it, they've won it pretty much. But to see what he's done while at Colorado is is just unreal. I mean, his dominators, 32.7. That was number one on the team. You know, like you said, over a thousand yards, a hundred plus targets. That's that's just insane. Um, just watching him play. I mean, touchdowns all over the field. You know, he's He's very exciting. I, you know, I just, I just get excited. You know, looking forward to what, seeing what he's going to do this year. Um, just continue to improve, and that, that's my biggest thing. I know I, I've said it about everyone, but I just love to see people improve and continue to get better, especially when your numbers were already pretty solid. 
Um, so definitely to see what he can do in that six, two size, you know, two twenty. um, definitely something to be, be excited about and see, see what he can do whenever he gets those 50, 50 balls and, you know, those yards after the catch. Yeah. That's, that's one thing that I, I really enjoyed a, a lot about watching some of his, his, uh, highlight, like we talked about highlight reel a little bit, but you know, everybody can have a good highlight reel, but this guy, I love how fast he is, but he's so strong. He's got the breakaway speed, but at the same time, mm-hmm. he's got the ability to just run you over and he's not afraid of contact. I mean, his first game last year against Colorado State, 11 catches, 211 yards, and a touchdown. I mean, right out the gate, he's swinging. You know what I'm saying? So, like, I, I, he had, you know, five ga- five of his nine games, over 100 yards. He had two of them, 177. And then one game, he had four touchdowns. I mean, Arizona a game against Arizona State, 13 catches, 127, two touchdowns, five carries, two touchdowns. So, I mean, one game, he had four touchdowns. You know what I mean? I love the way they line this. I'm telling you, I, 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 I'm telling you, man, I love this kid. I love him so much. Like, uh, reading his stats, you know, he can line up in the, you know, he lines up, he'll line up a tight end. You know, this guy will line up everywhere. He's so big. He's so raw. They get him the ball. They use him the right way. There's certain guys, and, and I think that, um, we, I talked about how I, I love to see uh, Etienne get the ball more in space. And, and his ability that I think in space is, is really raw and amazing. They do that here with LaVisca. Obviously, different position, yes. But they get him the ball, whether they throw him the ball or whether they're handing him off the ball, whatever they're, or they're doing a reverse, whatever it may be, they get the ball in this kid's hands. And when they do, he makes plays, period. And that's just a huge thing. If, if you've got a guy that you can just – you just get him the ball and you know, he's going to just do something special with it. Those are in, in my eyes, you know, and, and it's, it's kind of, I don't want to say it's becoming more common, but at the same time, like it, it is kind of a, a rare occurrence. Like you've got guys who can, you know, catch the ball and then do something. But like you just said, they hand it off to him. They can give it to him in space. They can throw it up. Like you literally just throw it to him, hand it off to him, get it in his hands. And he's just going to make it happen. Like it's when you can get a guy like that, that's special. Yeah, it, it, like I said, it kind of blew my mind. Um, how exciting it is to watch him, and and I'll and like I said, I mean, I'll you know I'll rant and rave you know until I'm blue in the face about this guy. But he's one of those exciting guys that came out the gate swinging, and it, it's really, 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 really fun to watch. But uh, folks, that's the Pac-12, and uh, we'll make a minor announcement here next week. We will cover the very little-known conference. It's called the SEC. Um, Stoops and I we're gonna. It's going to be very hard to find guys to talk about next week. So, you know, send us some support during the week while we're looking for, you know, the very little talent the SEC provides. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, do us a favor, obviously, you know, check out the expandtheboxscore.com website. These guys, that what they're producing week to week, we've got podcasts, we've got articles. We're covering every kind of sport imaginable, man. It's unbelievable. I love it. It's putting advanced statistics in your hands like never before created out of a need delivers every touch of every player in every sport in an easy way to navigate and in a very affordable way i I love the website i love being a part of this website i love doing this podcast with stoops head on over to twitter um check out expand the box score you can that's xt xt box score um you can check out stoops at stoops 1990 you can check myself out at ricky valera underscore do us a favor subscribe to the channel uh, subscribe to the show anywhere you can. We're slowly getting our podcast out there to other websites. We're hoping to be on iTunes and stuff like that in the near future. Stoops, it was great talking Pac-12. I'm excited about the SEC. And until next time.
Stoops and I are gone. Later. Save big money when you start your next project today at Menards. Convert your current recessed lighting with energy-saving LED downlights from Fight Electric. They're bright and install easily in just minutes. They also go from regular lighting to nightlight mode with just a simple flip of a switch. Save big on all Fight Lighting products now at Menards. Shop our lighting options today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big.